What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, DC, host of the What The Shit Podcast. I want to thank y'all for listening. If you could, go to the Facebook page, What The Stuff Podcast. Become a member of the crew. Also, you can hit us up on Instagram, What The Shit underscore podcast. Catch us on iHeart and everywhere else. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. And it's, it is live. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome. Welcome to What The Shit. This is the Queenish episode. Um, if you look to the... Wait. Okay, that's all right. We have my special guest moderator, R.A. the King. R.A., talk to the people, man. Let me get you on real quick, sir. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Thanks, D.C., for having me. Excited to be here. R.A. the King, one half of Geek Salad. Um, we want to have some fun tonight, man. Uh, you guys are because I'm going to disappear into the the uh, osmos here. Um, but before they do that, I need to uh, get the ladies up here. Hello, ladies. Uh, I got a lot going on, but uh, thank you guys for coming. Um, once again, as I said, this is um, something different, um, something near and dear to my heart. And the fact that you guys trusted me enough to come on here um, means so much. Um, Arya, are you ready, my guy? I am. I am. All right. How's everybody here's, doing? Here's me disappearing. Outstanding. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Doing good. That's good. Nice to meet all of you. But I figured I, I would set the, um, you know, the misogynistic tone and ask you, how come y'all not cooking dinner? Like, what are y'all doing Ooh. on this podcast? Like, who, who allowed you to be? I'm playing. They was ready. They was... <laughs> Please they don't round up my guests like that. They was like, what do you say? They was ready to stab them. But nah, seriously, <laughs> glad y'all could be here. I'm really excited to hear all of you guys' stories. And um, we have, again, we're going to have some fun tonight. Um, so we're going to start with introductions. Um, I usually just start at the top, so please don't feel singled out. But um, please tell the people who you are, what it is that you do. Sure. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, my name is Sabrina Oso from Oso Safe. Feel safe where you live, work, and play. Uh, I'm a speaker and consultant on promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace schools, but in particular in your place of residence. Thank you. Greetings, everyone. I am Angela Marshall. I am a creative content consultant. I am a best-selling author. I'm also a public speaker around the CSRA and globally. My platform influences, it inspires, and it impacts people to live vicariously through themselves. I'm a former NFL wife. And I've had so many run-ins with people trying to live vicariously through me or through that particular lifestyle. I got tired of it. In 2017, I published, published my autobiography, The Story and Life of an Ex-NFL Wife. And I teach people how to live vicariously through themselves. Hey, 
Hey guys, hey, 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 I am Rika. I am the host of Eat, Laugh, Hustle. It's a podcast for mompreneurs, help them to do more than just thrive, just survive, you know what I mean? Like people just really just survive in life. It's more about thriving. Um, Ex-military, I'm a retired veteran. And what I know is that we sell our short. Um, we live in imposter syndrome and we suffer from mom guilt and that's not what, how life should be living. So my platform is all about being bold, being boss and being confident. And that's, that's what I like to do. I empower women that way. I also own a media company that I started when I retired and it's just content creation and media, uh, media just to serve as a platform and conduit for other Black moms who are killing the game. I love to highlight that. So let's talk. Hey, everybody. I hope everyone can hear me. My name is Stephanie Lawson. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in North Carolina, and I am owner of the Mindfulness Space Psychotherapy Services. I work with clients to help with eating disorders and also body positivity, body image issues, and I promote healthy bodies at every size. Hello, everyone. I'm Anju. I am a former interior designer and architect, and I was a blogger. But nowadays, I call myself just a survivor, survivor of domestic violence and sexual assault. And for profession, I'm a writer, keynote speaker, activist, and many things. And people ask me how I manage so many jobs. So I'm like, just the time management. That's it. So who is going Hello. the first now? <laughs> Hi, I'm Brooke. Um, I just recently became a social worker with the Department of, um, of Children's Services. And as you can see, I work for the YMCA as well. That's my other part-time job. And I'm also the owner of my own clothing business, uh, Velvet Kiss Clothing. And I also am a host of my own podcast as well, um, Let's Talk. So hopefully one day you guys will be on my show next and we'll have a good time. Never know. I hope so. I know so because that's kind of what this is about too. It's also a little networking thing. Um, so guys, feel free. I don't control anything. You guys are free to talk to each other afterwards. Um, I will hope there are um, relationships built and bonds and networking and everything like that. But first, I want to give you guys this again. Um, all you guys are wonderful. Um, and just hearing just that, um, actually reading some of your guys' bios, I know that you guys are amazing, which is why I'm so blessed to have you guys here tonight and to be a part of this because you guys are dope and uh, people need to know that. So, all right. Hey. What's going anyway, on? sir. All right. You guys are dope. So, just to start things off, um, I want to know if the thing that you're focusing on right now Okay, is that what you want to do for the rest of your life, or do you have other aspirations that you want to um, go after? We'll just start at the top. I'll just bring. Oh, you guys okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Honestly, no, I don't think that's where I want to stop. Um. Where I, I don't think this is my stopping point. 
Um, honestly, if I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I want to be somewhere late on the beach and be retired. If I want to be, yeah. if I'm gonna be honest, I hear you. But, yeah. <laughs> but I know it's you know it's I have a long time. You know, I feel like getting to that point is gonna take a long time. So, um, I do want to eventually you know level up with the the Department of Children's Services. Um, I want my my business to flourish. I definitely want my podcast to flourish. You know, um. So I, I I don't really know how to answer that question because I'm just like you know it's kind of like yes and no you know kind of do I don't I like where I am but I know I could have more but I my end goal is to not have to work at all so good <laughs> you're muted Sabrina uh thank you, you. um. Oh, am I muted? No. No, you're not. Not anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, so the question is, would we be continuing what we're doing now into the future, right? Well, basically, uh, would you want what you're doing right now? Um, is that something that you would want to focus on forever? Or do you have other things that you would want to do? I think... Uh, for me, uh, definitely, I want to focus on my business, oh, so safe. Um, I think uh, there's too many of us, and I, I could tell from our, our panel that the common thread that we have is we come from some form of either abuse or violence or chaos or dysfunction, and that's not okay, you know. So, and I feel like uh, what we're doing at also safe we combine education and technology to promote safety and prevent violence and i think it's really important to um get the word out get the message out that you can live a life that is freeing that is empowering encouraging positive um uh, we all of us have a right to be safe in our homes so so i feel like um it's a big project, but uh, a necessary one. And so I could see myself doing this for, I have been doing this for a long time and I think the work is there to continue. So I hope I answered the question. We did. Absolutely. I don't work because I love what I do, running my mouth and being able to share my story along with being a ghostwriter, um, you know, uh, helping people write their bios, doing resumes, writing speeches, doing slogans for companies. I mean, like, this is the best time of my life ever. And I just started it living in 2017. And I just turned 50 back in November. So for the last... Okay. Five, for the last five, six years, I, I mean, I'm not, this isn't work for me. So I plan on doing this for as long as there is breath and there's life in me because I have found my passion. Um, and I'm just allowing that purpose to just shine bright through me. So yeah, this is, I'm going to ride it, ride it on out. <laughs> uh, First of all, can we just give a shout out to Angela who said she was 50 and black don't crack? Can we just go ahead and just, okay. and just go? Okay. Um, you know, 
I'm going to be honest with you. For 20 years, I did what somebody else wanted me to do, all the way down from having to, you know, wear my hair a certain way, my nails a certain way, from being in the military. Um, I was a chief, you know, and so I was at the highest rank and I had to be the standard, you know. And so if you was to ask me, like, right now, am I loving what I'm doing? Absolutely. When we talk about that freedom, for me, it's about creating a lifestyle, not just for me, but for my kids and that it's legacy in that. And and for me, like Angela said, to be able to share your story, to be able to help somebody, to make your passion meets its purpose. Like I'm, I'm here to run my mouth, um, hopefully make you laugh, but hopefully build you up in the end where you feel like, oh, she's so relatable. I can do it too. And I think that's what, you know, it's important for all of us. To do. It's important for all of us to sit on this panel, to tell our story, but also don't be as scared to take it to the next level. So I want to do this, but I want to do it on somebody's grand stage behind some lights and some cameras and wake up every morning, my husband fishing. And I'm like, baby, I'll be back. I'm about to go take this show and, and be okay with that. So... I, yeah, on the on the grand scheme of things, yes, and let's take it bigger. Let me unmute myself, but yeah, I agree with everybody. So as my fellow my fellow social worker, I saw her up there, and for me, with social work, it's a profession that we when we went to graduate school, when we went to school undergrad, we were always told, okay, yes, we we want to serve vulnerable populations and we do but in graduate school you know we were some of us were told okay well if you're working as a social worker if you're working as a therapist you can't earn a decent living for yourself you can't make any money it's, you have to choose between either you know helping vulnerable populations which is wonderful but as somebody a minority and um you know somebody that did not come for wealth I, you know, we, we, I wanted that generational wealth, not only, you know, for myself, but for my kids, my family. So it was very important to me to start my own business. So that's where the mindfulness space kind of started. It, it started because, you know, I've worked seven years in community mental health. I was burnt out. I was stressed out. I started experiencing, and we know that when we experience stress, it affects our health. It, I started experiencing autoimmune issues and enough was enough. I reached the point where I, I had to go at it on my own and start my business. So that's um, for me, absolutely. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to flourish, flourish and have that generational wealth and create opportunities for me, my family, and also for my people. That's very important to me. I agree with all of you. Like, uh, first of all, you all are doing amazing. And talking about me, I just started. So obviously, I'm going to do the same my whole life. So what I have started, I've started to live for myself, to speak for myself, to share my story. And for like, uh, I'm 30 years old, but I was never allowed to speak for myself. And I just started. I'm enjoying it. People are enjoying it. So let's do it. And I am not here to please everyone. If someone doesn't like me, 
it's okay i just want to speak 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 the reason for 13 years i was not allowed i was just talking to myself inside my brain finally i am like okay i can raise my voice and just before this i finished one interview with a new cheryl so i was like i'm really doing good i'm proud of myself so i'm enjoying doing not just talking um by profession also i have my bachelor's in psychology interior designing and i'm a keynote speaker so if i'm speaking i just don't speak anything i come up with the facts and figures and i do a lot of research about every topic and then i go for speaking and i am learning i'm a student yeah that's a good thing so i want to be a student my whole life and enjoy my life that's my business my passion and my purpose Thank you, ladies. That was awesome. Um, I'm sorry, I had to step in, Arya. That was. I'm watching this, and I feel like this is a masterpiece. Like I can really say that I'm proud of this moment right here with these ladies, man. Um, can't just be damned. The ladies are winning. Um, so, all right, take it. <laughs> sorry. And Arya was on the. Uh, he was on the King Is panel, and it was cool. Uh, but the ladies. Do have they something are. to say. No, no, they no, no, no. No. The ladies have Don't something to say. Don't get you feeling It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. No. Brother, Don't I'm with them. I'm, I'm, I'm with them. You might be my moderator for the night, brother, but I stand with them. Smart uh, <laughs> man. Remember this? You can't you it. I can't even understand y'all. All y'all covered at once. Like, what's, what's going on? I'm outnumbered. You are speechless right now. You're like, oh, it's better to be quiet. Yeah. That's, oh, 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 oh! You politely yeah. told me to shut up. Okay, listen, I'm all right. I'm all, all right, right with you, that. Just trying to, if you wasn't trying to wake them kids up at seven o'clock in the morning, talking about some reading on the summertime. Wow, you really gonna bring up last week? And you know what? Oh. They're used to it. It's been four days, and they already used to it. So, in your face. Hey, readers oh. are leaders. That's yes. it. That's it. That's what we're raising over here. And learners are earners. And all those other rhyming phrases that rhyme, but it's true, though. Stephanie, I want to piggyback on something that Stephanie said. Steph was like um, a phrase she used, generational wealth. And uh, this question is to to anybody. Any of you can take it. Tell me about the importance to you of generational wealth, building generational wealth, building a legacy and something that's going to be um potentially your family uh for years to come that juxtapose that's my big word for today that juxtapose with uh living a fun lifestyle currently because we all know tomorrow is not promised if y'all would touch on that you know the battle between those two things um i'm gonna just go in order because i'm pretty sure everybody looks eager to answer so um <laughs> Okay, for me, like, uh, I see myself like a teenager and I'm happy to enjoy this time. And when I'm talking to love myself, it's exploring myself, what I really want from my life. Like I tried so many things because of the people around me. They wanted me to do those things. Now, finally, I got my peace and freedom. So it's time for me to explore myself. And I'm doing it every day. 
and I surprised myself. That's all. Awesome. Okay. Hey, I wasn't. I wasn't ready. But um, <laughs> I know. I know that's give, that's I'm the beauty of it. That guy. Um, I don't. I guess. Um, I guess the way that I look at it is, you know, like in my family, I don't really have a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. Um, my family, you know, they're okay with just going to work and, you know, that's just being it, you know, and I, I feel like me personally, I wanted to stand out. I know that didn't really answer the question, but um, I think I chose to just step out of that and step out of that routine and really like take a chance on myself and really just see what, you know, how far I can go and really use my abilities because I was like, I know I have a lot of different, I'm multi-talented, you know, and I definitely wanted to step out and really um, show myself for one and show, you know, everyone around me that I'm, I'm more than just, you know, just a, a woman. I'm more than just, you know, a black woman. I'm more than just, you know, a, a, just another person on the street. You know, I definitely, um, and I, I definitely want to do that same thing for when I have kids really push them to do, you know, to be multi-talented and really use, you know, all your abilities because that'll really push you, you know, that'll really put you in really good um, position, in a really good position and create a lot of good opportunities for you, you know, for somebody, you know, who wants to be more than just just a person, I guess. So more than just, you know, just going through, going with the, going through the motions, you know, and having, experiencing more and having more opportunities. Um, I really appreciate everybody's answers, really. Uh, this is so great. Uh, I think it's important for all of us to not be afraid of money, of making a lot of money. <laughs> of uh, and, and I grew up with a lot of uh, taboos around money, and I realized um, that it, it's okay to make a lot of money. In fact, it's your duty to make a lot of money because the more money you make, then the more good you can do. And mm. the more people you can, yes. you can help with yourself, help yes. yourself and others. So I, I changed my mentality a while ago to think that way and to say, yeah, I like with my company, uh, oh, so safe. I, I see this as a global entity and, I want to be a multi, multi, multi millionaire. Um, uh, and, and the more money I'll make, the more people I could help. So, yes. so I see it that way and to have fun doing it. Absolutely. You shouldn't sacrifice one for the other. You could have your cake and eat it too, because that's what you're supposed to do with cake. <laughs> Um, I love it. So, uh, yeah, I want to say that. Now I want to eat a cake, like maybe a strawberry one. Uh, well, I think for me, um, generational wealth, wealth is defined by um, a variety of things. What's wealthy to you may, be, may not be wealthy or may not be wealth to someone else. And I found that very, very true across, you know, all walks of, of life. The legacy that I'm preparing to leave for my children and my five amazing grandsons that I have, they, they're, the um, age ranges are 14 to three. I want to leave them 
wealth of a good mindset to be spiritually strong, to be emotionally strong, to be mentally strong, and to be just biblically sound. So then everything else that I leave them, money, materialistic things, then they can handle it a whole lot better than squandering my hard labor. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen it happen so many times where, you know, people think, well, I'm, you know, I'm just going to give this, have this $2 million policy or $5 million policy or leave this business or this company behind, but the children or whoever they're leaving it to, they don't have the mindset or the mentality. They don't have the stability. They don't have the soundness to sustain it. And it's all for not. So for me, as I learn and as I grow, that's one of the things that I'm teaching my two children. I have a 34-year-old son. Well, my ex-husband and I, we have a 34-year-old son and a 32-year-old daughter. And as I mentioned before, five amazing grandchildren. And we're teaching them the things that no one ever taught us. Mm -hmm. Now, what I will say is I agree 100%. You have to change your mentality. You have to change your mouth. You have to change the way that you think about money because money's not evil. Money's not bad. And to have things, especially when you've worked hard, I mean, you're supposed to enjoy the fruits of your labor. That's biblical. <laughs> That's scriptural. Okay. So as far as generational wealth is, I'm going to just leave my children along with materialistic things or with tangible things. I'm going to leave them sound advice. I'm going to leave them information um, that they can apply because as we all know, you know, knowledge isn't necessarily power. It's applied knowledge. That's the power. Yes. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. Sabrina, Angela, y'all, man, y'all took all my answers. Um, my kids, you know, they've seen sacrifice by me serving 21 years in the military. My husband just retired out of the army. And so there has to be. a balance without money and it's all about you know wardrobe and cars and all of that stuff right but they don't tell you how to I'm constantly questioning my kids about what they want to do. I want them to experience life. Um, I don't want them to be a people pleaser like I was growing up. And I can honestly say that that was a trauma. Uh, I, I was telling my aunt, oh, yeah, I want to be a mortician. Baby, when I joined the Navy, I told them I wanted to be on the dang on news. So where is mortician and news? Where do that meet up, you know? And so it has to be the balance of that. So teaching your kids that, hey, you have to sacrifice. Um, for every action, there is a reaction, right? But growth comes when you are just you're in your most uncomfortable state. Get there. Recognize who you are when you're at that point and push. Um, I got a son that's about to go to college, and I'm constantly telling him, Push, baby, push, because your next level is just like that. It's a decision away. So I think when we sit here and we think about, well, let, let's stop putting it towards money. Let's put it towards health and knowledge and 
um, not living in toxic behaviors and um, breaking some of those traumas that prevents us from getting the wealth that we so desire and need. You know? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I mean, absolutely. What more can I say? Because I think everything has already been said, but I agree with the panel. Um, I can speak for me personally. The question was um, building generational wealth and also enjoying, you know, what you do and enjoying. And um, I'll speak to that from my perspective, working as a social worker, because Burnout is real. I don't know if anyone has experienced burnout before, but I have. And it, it you know, I, I got to the point where I would dread, you know, get, getting up in the morning. You'd be like, oh, gosh, I have to do these notes. Oh, gosh, I've got to, you know, go um, go to court tomorrow for a client or I've got in, in you know, that over time, has, it, it takes a wear, it makes wear and tear on your body. So with what I'm deciding to do with the mindfulness space, I said, okay, look, I, I want to work. I want to, yes, have generational wealth and, and also be free in other ways where I'm not burnt out, where I'm not so tired, where I can help my clients um, and help through advocation, where I can advocate where I can get more involved in policy work, which I also love, where I can get involved in things around my community and just have and money gives us the freedom to be able to do that as well. So um, I agree with what the um, what the panelists said about, yes, we can enjoy what we do. We can earn money, but also enjoy our lives and and not have to feel stressed out or feel or wake up in the morning hating um to go to work or hating what we do so stephanie what was that word that you just used ad advocating like i've never heard that word before like educate me sister what does that word mean advocate okay so oh you said advocate I yes. thought you said something else. Okay. No. This panel, <laughs> this panel is smart. Look, I feel sorry for and DC. I don't know how you're doing about who, the order. Cause whoever goes last, you're not probably gonna have much to say because this panel is like so dynamite. You know what I'm saying? So give yourselves a round of applause. Do that. Do that. <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. I got it. Not too much. Um, not too much. No, Ra, it, it's not easy doing this um, because um, everybody is on top of the game. So I, I do, I do try to not make somebody last, but it's like the um, the numbers, the law of averages. It just it just uh, happens. It just I know somebody got to um, go last. But 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 to be honest, this is, and I know I'll, I keep saying this, but I'm I'm going to keep reiterating this. Um, this is beautiful. Um, you ladies are amazing, and all these answers are just. If we can get an Emmy for this, I'll, I'll share it with you guys. Uh, <laughs> it'll be we'll, we'll just share it on the weekends. Um, everybody takes a turn having it at their house, take pictures with it, um, and and we'll go from there. All right, back to you, brother. Thank you, DC. Uh, so, growing up in Norfolk, Virginia, that's where I'm from, right? The cool thing about Norfolk is there's a lot of good people there. No, I went not. to. No, you said what? No, it's not. 
No, it's where no, you it's from? Where you from? Uh, first of all, I was stationed in Norfolk. Um, and if I had to see another person in their pajamas at Walmart, let's just be clear. You turn the block, you don't know what you want in Norfolk. Just first of all, first of all, we're gonna we're gonna address this. We're gonna address this. Okay, you could be describing any Walmart USA. Okay, people don't go to Walmart in their Sunday's best. They don't tend to do that. So don't don't come for Walmart. Anyway, back to what I was saying before I was so really interrupted. Yo, the cool thing about growing up in Norfolk, specifically going to Norview High School, was our high school was poor. Like, I'm talking about not being able to afford air conditioning poor. So in the summertime, we go into school. Just you're drenched by third period in sweat. Like that's how bad it was. But we had three of the teachers of the year for the state of Virginia that taught in that one high school. So on the one hand, it's poor and we mad because like the high school down the street has a swimming pool in the in the good neighborhood. It has a swimming pool and it's great, but our high school, we can't even afford air conditioner. But we had like some of the best teachers in the state. I want to know, um, what are some of the, the good things and also the bad things about where you're from and how is where you're from shaped who you are today? So I'm from North Carolina, <laughs> good old North Carolina. And the, well, hmm. I would say, I'm trying to think of something good about North Carolina, but for me personally, um, what shape where I'm at today is probably my experience growing up. Um, North Carolina, well, my personal experience in North Carolina is, you know, I didn't come from wealth. I, my, my mother was a teacher. My father, he was a construction worker. So that impacted what I do today. It impacted me caring about, you know, my people, it impacted me wanting to, wanting um, people and people that look like me to, to be able to have an advantage, to be able to, you know, work towards improving their, their outcome, improving their position in life. So, as far as, you know, North Carolina, um, it's, you know, it, it, it was a bore. It, it, it was, it's not too much going on in North Carolina. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what else to say about that. I can't really, you know, it, um, I, I'm, my, my parents worked hard. So I, you know, they did provide for me. I grew up in a, because they worked hard, you know, I, I, I was able to, you know, have a middle-class safe upbringing, but um, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, North Carolina is just North Carolina. Uh, one second. I think your mic went out. <coughs> Try again. No, we lost your sound. Um, one second. Let me see if I can. Uh, 
Sorry. No, I still can't hear you. Um, I don't know how we lost it. Nope, still nothing. Okay, well, try to press Control D on your keyboard. I think she might be on the phone. We'll come back to her. Uh, let her work that out, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. We'll come back. And you're muted. You muted. <laughs> she was ready too. Miss Miss Moore, you you muted. You muted, baby. Okay. <laughs> I forgot I muted it. Okay, so I'm from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I'm actually living in Murfreesboro now, so it's a really big difference. Like when I grew up in Chattanooga, it was the best time. Um, we always used to have like festivals. Um, the we used to everyone used to go skating, and then now everything has changed because now it's more shootings in Chattanooga. Um, a lot more people are passing away because of, you know, either like drugs or, you know, shootings or something like that. So there's no longer festival where well, there's festivals, but now they went on up on the prices and they've changed a lot of things about it. Um, but as far, but like, like I said, my time there, I had a really good time. I love my high school. Um, everybody knew everybody. Um, it didn't matter what school you went to. Everybody knew everybody. Um, what else can I say? And I, I think in my hometown, everybody's nicer, I think, because when I moved up here, I stand in Murfreesboro now. And it seems like it's totally different. Everybody's not as nice. Um, And I know this another thing. I know this is a little off subject, but I know I notice in my hometown is less police presence there. So that's why it's a lot more shootings there and a lot more going on there. And it's like I moved up here and it's more police presence and you see less shootings and, and less incidents. So um, that's one thing I am happy about, and I'm glad that I moved here um, because I could have easily, you know, something could have easily happened to me if I would have stayed, you know, in my hometown. So that's one thing that's changed. Um, but I guess, like, on the bright side, um, it's a nice place to visit. The downtown area is really nice. Um, it's a nice place to come and retire. That's what everyone says. It's a good place to retire because it's a lot of uh, scenery. We're, we're near the mountains. Um, and I know it's like one thing that they always say, like we, um, we're near Lookout Mountain. So if you go on top of Lookout Mountain, you, you're supposed to be able to see like five states. That's what they say. I don't know how true that is. I didn't see anything. Everything looked the same to me, but that's what they say. It might be true. Y'all should go check it out. Definitely. If y'all ever visit Chattanooga, definitely go downtown. It's really nice. Awesome. Can I add, oh, before we go to the next person, can I add something? Yes. Yes. Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Oh, okay. I wanted to add, I didn't know if I was up. Well, I didn't see me on the screen. Okay. So I wanted to add that. So I, in North Carolina, because I couldn't, I was kind of lost for words trying to think of something like, what could I say about North Carolina? What could I say? So where I grew up, it was near the coast, near Wilmington, North Carolina, on the beach. And it was the, the population of Black people, minorities, was very low. I went to a high school where 
um, I it was probably a handful of minorities. So my uh, so that drove me to go want to go to a HBCU. Um, I went to Elizabeth City State University and then North Carolina A and T for graduate school, and. It was not until I was just kind of thinking about it. It wasn't until I was in college um, when I had my first black teacher. That's when I had my first black professor. And, you know, it and just to have that HBCU experience, I think growing up in the community that I was in, I was so happy to be connected to people like me, to people who look like me. I, I mean, it just felt like, oh, like, oh, okay, I can relate to people. I can, I have this sense of connection. Um, and then with North Carolina A&T, if you know the history of that school, it, it just, you know, um, and its roots and civil rights, it, it just felt right for me. And that kind of caused me, it, it shaped and molded what who I became so I just wanted to add that because when I was when you were talking with me earlier I, I had to kind of get my words together about North Carolina I'm sorry <laughs> uh all of you are so great you're so great um I, I love all your answers uh for me, I, I was born in New York City actually I'm proud to say I was born in New York uh but my parents moved to New Jersey when I was two and a half. And, uh, and my feeling is whether you're poor, whether you're rich, whether you're middle class, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Asian, purple, red, green, orange, it all, it, it really doesn't matter because as long as you're safe at home, that's all that counts, really. And I didn't have that growing up. Um, my father beat my mother on a regular basis. Uh, my mother would beat me. I've had years and years of therapy to be comfortable enough to say that to a group of strangers. Um, and and I look back and I, I say to myself, uh what matters is uh, if I had to change anything, it would be to live in a safe home. It didn't matter whether money, no money, whether whether I lived with black people, white people, Asian, it, it wouldn't have mattered as long as I felt safe. Um, so, I mean, I, I grew up in New Jersey in, in, a, in a good neighborhood. Um, and I'm Italian, so, and I would travel to Italy quite a bit as a kid. And my family's from a beautiful town in Italy. However, I never got to enjoy it really because I, I only remember the fighting, the, the beatings, the, um, I remember the violence. And, and now that I go back, I see Italy for what it is. And it's a beautiful country. I see it for the fashion, for the food, for the people. So when you grow grow up with abuse, it's it, it it's like a cloud. It's like um, you're in a fog, and you don't see things the way they are. So 
so I hope I answered the question. I feel like um, if if you just remove the abuse, then you could see clearly and 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 anywhere that you grow up, it's okay um, as long as that abuse is not there. So that's how I feel anyway. <laughs> So I am originally from Augusta, Georgia, home of the Masters, for those of you who are golf fans. I will say this, I'm tri-coastal now, which is awesome because one of the things that I've always wanted to do, um, in addition to just speaking, is travel. And so I get to do that quite a bit. Well, pre-COVID, I got to do it more than, than obviously than what I'm doing now. I will say, though, growing up in, in uh, you know, majority African-American home, especially as fair as my complexion is, I was um, I had a lot of questions and I was really, really confused and, and mixed up and angry about a lot of things. I had older cousins that would pick on me that would say I was adopted. You know, I didn't belong in the family and all that kind of stuff. I write about it in my book, The Story and Life of an Ex-NFL Wife. I talk about it because it's therapeutic for me. And <clears throat> I have to attribute my success now to my fourth grade teacher who saw my acting out when I would be like the class clown or I would, you know, pick fights or start things or whatever. She's the one who honed in my storytelling abilities and was like, okay, you know, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write essays for the class. So I want you every day at the end of the, the day, I'm going to give you four minutes and I want you to entertain us. So instead of, you know, her labeling me as we often do as a bad child or someone who's just disruptive, she saw something good. You know, she knew my story. She saw something good and she started planting those seeds in me. And so it is actually because of her. And I, I mean, like the many interviews that I've done, um, you know, different articles that are, are that I'm able to be able to, uh, you know, talk, talk, uh, talk about myself. I'm giving accolades to her. Her name is Mrs. Susie Smith. She's my fourth grade teacher located in Augusta, Georgia. And it, honestly, if it wasn't for her, <laughs> And taking something in this little mixed up brain of mine and mixed up head because I just, you know, didn't really know. Um, I felt like that awkward puzzle piece, I guess. I uh, didn't know where I fit. Didn't have, you know, I grew up, my mom didn't have my mom or my dad. My mom actually dropped me off with her parents and then she went gallivanting around the world. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I am very, very blessed and thankful to Mrs. Susie Smith who actually inspired the writer, the storyteller. Um, and just for me to be able to be transparent and, and, and um, you know, write about, write about my life with ease now, because I used to be really angry about a lot of things. But now, you see that? Choose you in 2022. <laughs> so now that I'm able to choose me, um, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's just so much better for me. So that's how I got my start in Augusta, Georgia, through my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Susie Smith. Woo! Well, let me tell you guys, I don't necessarily think that it has anything to do with um, where you grow up at, um, far as like the state, um, and I'll t and I'll explain why. 
Um, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, ended up joining the Navy from Cleveland, Ohio. And so that's a big spread there, you know? Um, what I will tell you also is, is that I was, you know, born to an alcoholic mom um, who at the age of six would then go to a foster home, stay in a foster home from ages six to probably about eight or nine. A social worker, my, my heart goes out to genuine social workers who care about kids, recognized my name on a file um, and contacted my grandmother. And my grandmother was like, uh-uh, you got to contact my daughter because I'm too old. And my Aunt Cheryl took me in. And that's how I got to Cleveland, Ohio in the in a, overnight. And they put me on a plane. Um, and so that little girl has always been trapped you know, in the inside. And it wasn't until I became a mom that I understood what loving a person truly meant. And so the mom that I am, the person that I am, um, always smiling, because if you've never had to eat out of a trash can and a dumpster mm. and, and know that, hey, I got to walk here at the age of four and five and can remember this, if you never had to help your mom up the steps with a bloody nose because she's tripped on the rock iron, you know, steps trying to go home um, at night and still remember those thoughts, it changes you at a young age. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, number one, she's an amazing mom. And I am an amazing mom because I know what, what lacks when you don't have that mother figure. And my, and my aunt, she did, she did amazing. I am, you know, she taught me to clean. She taught me this, but I wasn't her child, you know, and there, there was a difference there. And when you get older, you start recognizing there was a difference in the household. And so it wasn't um, so much my surroundings in Ohio, because I had a good childhood. I didn't truly want for anything but I always yearned for more. You get what I'm saying? And so, and because of that, I, that's why I'm all about teaching women that through, you know, pain comes purpose and recognizing that there's more in you and, and just in sitting in that though, you know, and not rushing past those feelings. And so, you know, don't, don't hold on to those things as if it's, the worst thing that could have ever happen. Don't let it define you. She was an alcoholic. I wasn't. Um, I didn't drink to the age of 25 because I thought, it, you know, alcoholism was hereditary. Um, I didn't know that my mom was alive until the age of 20 when I was living in Hawaii. They found her on the streets. Uh, and that taught me faith because I can remember also as a little girl praying every night that, Lord, you know, if my mom is still alive, protect her. And if she is, you know, have to die, please don't let it be a harmful one. You know, please don't let her be in pain. And so from a young age, I had that in me. And I teach my kids that. I teach my kids faith. And I teach my kids compassion. But I also teach my kids to love wholeheartedly, right? And they know that I'm going to, them right there, I for you know, so um, it's not where you grow up. It's it's the love and how you interact and how you, you know, definitely don't let it define you. Take it, 
and learn from it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I said I wasn't going to jump on screen, but I have to at this moment. Um, I want to thank you guys. Um, like, really, truly take a moment to appreciate the honesty, the open, the open, and as uh, my co-creator of this series said, that transparency is just real. Um, like you guys are being so honest and so real, and that's kind of what this whole series is about: is just the the feeling of being safe and being. Um, honest, not only with yourself, but with the viewers, because I can tell somebody's story, but it doesn't mean anything if it it's not coming from the source. Um, so I'm trying to, uh, cause I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was back here trying to hold back tears. You guys are just so awesome and so great. Um, and just so real that it's. It's hard for me to keep my composure. That's why I know I, I said we're going to jump on screen because um, it's not about me, but it's about you guys. But you guys are phenomenal. Phenomenal. I'm um, sorry, as I get choked up. Um, and I try to get Burke back in here. There you go. Um, you guys are so amazing. Um, I just have to um, keep being honest. Um, you guys are so great. Um, but I'm a Get back out of here, and I'll put Ari back on here. Here you go. Uh, thank you, sir, for letting me uh, take over your show for a second. It's all yours. I again. mean, I'm just uh, okay. Remember who signs the checks? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, <laughs> Yo, um, so the last speaker is is it Rika or Rekka? Rika. 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 Yeah, it's really Shan Rika. But because, you know, I was born in the 80s. So it was like Eureka's Council and Shaka Khan. And I just think yeah, she just threw yeah. that thing all together. Please, I think they was her. playing cards and they was like, you, you know what? Let's do it. You know what? This is cold. This is a cold all the mute right here. Don't all the mutes that are at her microphone at, at this very moment. Just mute it. Mute it. And it's funny because he was coming at you was coming at Norfolk all sideways because he was stationed down here. But then you're gonna say something inspirational to get me back on your side. You know what? No. Mm. That, that's that's you know? how it works. That that's how they do it. It's manipulation is what it is. That's the word. No, all right, it's, so it's... I want to stir the pot up just a little bit. I oh, want to stir it, stir the stir the pot up a little bit. So I believe that, well, first let me say this. You can't cut on social media, whether you're talking about TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, without men saying women ain't this and women ain't this and women ain't this, without women saying men ain't this, men ain't that, men ain't this, right? So it's like the sexes are really like going at it. Me personally, uh, I think we could do better on both sides. Um, but I'm harder on the men because I feel like men should give more. You know what I'm saying? It's like whatever your woman gives, I feel like as the man, you should take pride in, in giving more. You should take pride in uh, being a protector, being a provider, um, going above and beyond, being the best version of yourself for your wife, for your children, what have you. What is a belief that you have 
that may be kind of controversial. And we're going to throw that out to the panel. Uh, I don't know who wants to go first, but since I'm just going in order, Miss uh, Rika, you're up. Oh, man. This is the first uh, time I ever went first. I usually can think <laughs> about it. You're um, welcome. Oh, right. well, thanks. You know, all this. That's a hard one. You know. It is a hard one. It is a it is a hard one. Um, let me tell you what is uh, what I have a problem with, and I don't know if it's necessarily controversial, but uh, my issue, and I don't know if it's necessarily an issue, but what I am I have a great disdain with is men getting on platforms with microphones and backdrops, telling women um, what an inconsistent is and you shouldn't stay with them because of this and don't be with the man if he ain't going to try to give you A, B, and C and oh, and if a man um, this is narcissistic behavior and women respect yourself a little bit more and have enough class to not let this man walk over you, but I have an issue with that is because the same way that you're trying to gather us women and tell us all the things that a man you know not allow this man to do to us. Why don't you gather them same men and tell them how not to be inconsistent? Tell mm -hmm. them how to show up in the the the, the home, how to um, lead, right? How to let the woman truly be the neck and guide. Uh, I do have an issue with that, and I'm I'm seeing it a lot more, um, especially on TikTok because it's these uh, short form um, videos that's coming out, and I'm just wanting to say, baby, who are you? Step back and and look inwardly. Um, and be humble. I think that's, it, right. It's enough yeah. women. That I think we can gather our own. Right. I don't think there's enough men that's sitting back creating um, an avenue for other men to come in a space and be vulnerable. Right. Because they do have to stay there and be the provider all the time. Um, there's never a platform when they have dad guilt because that's a real thing. Right. Uh, they they suffer from imposter syndrome, too. And I know because I'm I have a husband, you know, but I'm there to support him at every level. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of long drawn out. <laughs> my apologies, panel. But that thing just burns me up. <laughs> mm. It's true. It, it, it's true. Yeah, I, I agree. I, just to kind of piggyback off of that, there, and I don't know when it came about. It's always existed, but on social media, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all, all the, the different spaces, I've noticed that, and I, I started to notice it around, I want to say 2012. I don't know if this existed before then, but there's, all, there's been a space and, and people have discovered that it's profitable to make black. And I, I, the reason I say black women is because most of the videos that I've seen have been re talking about black women but it's, they, um, it's been profitable to make black women the focus of conversation for whatever reason. Um, I, and, and I don't know why the focus is on black women in particular and not on you know, black men or, you know, and, and what the panelists said, be, them being vulnerable 
talking about things that pertain to them, but it's definitely um, toxic conversation out there that is not helpful for us as a community. I mean, you can see how when, um, you know, bless his, bless his little heart, but when he, well, I can't even think of his name, but everything was high value man this and oh. high value woman. Oh, and, uh, you know, Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And it became, first of all, I had never heard of the guy. And then, you know, kind of went down this rabbit hole and, and it was like, holy, you know, moly, like we, we, at a certain point, we have to stop, you know. That was Kevin Samuels from Beyond trying to stop. The ghost of Kevin Samuels cut her off. He was like, ah, oh, you're going to stop besmirching me. I hate you, DC. Sorry. Um, she was making some points, too. You can tell by her face right now. She was making that's, some points. See, that was the thing. She was making good points. And uh brother was like, I got one more trick up my sleeve. Uh, we'll see if we can get her. That, there she goes. You, you, you muted. I'm still here. God was like, just calm down. So I'm just going to digress. I digress. That's going to be uh, my last thing. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Bring the shoulders in. Shoulders is up. Bring shoulders in. Um, I, I did a, a, a TEDx talk four years ago, and the title of it is, If You're a Victim of Home Violence, Don't Leave, Stay. And and, and people said, why would you say that? Why would you say that? What are you talking about? Stay. And my whole premise is, and, and this is what I built my company on. Once you enter a real estate contract with someone, you're living with someone, whether it be a rental or whether you own a home or whether you're in a, a building, wherever you live, you, when you put that key in the lock, you should feel like it's home and not hell. You should feel like it's your sanctuary and not a war zone. So if anyone that should leave, it should be the abuser, whoever that abuser is. So, and I built my business on this where we are, we're looking to change the face of residency where safety becomes a required standard condition of residency across the board. So, and this was controversial at first from people. And then I explained myself and they said, you know, that's true. Why should the victim leave? Whether that victim is male or female, it doesn't matter. A victim is a victim. And as I've said for many years, it, it doesn't matter the gender that the abusive hand is. Abuse is abuse. It's horrible either way, whether you're male or, or female. So I, I like to say, yeah, you should stay. Don't leave. Um, it's the abuser that has to go. Why should you, and if you have children, why should you leave, uproot the kids, run around like a refugee when it's the abuser that should leave? Um, so that would be something uh, that I'm that we are we have been changing in the real estate industry. So, so it's a belief that I've had for quite some time. It's definitely controversial, but if you think about it, it's how it should be. So 
that's my my two cents worth. So I actually have three things that I have a lot more, but for the sake uh -oh. of time, for the sake okay, of time, <laughs> for the sake of time, the first thing is not all men are dogs. I get so tired of our sisters and whoever else that says that. Um, because as you think, so shall you align with. So know you're drawing doggish men your way because you're saying all men are dogs. Two, all women are not crazy. Again, as you think and as you speak, you are going to attract, you are going to align with crazy women. Okay? So no, we are not. The third thing that is near and dear to my heart, and I just did a, a seminar on this, and I always kind of get, well, I'm not going to say that. But <clears throat> um, for people to say that when men get in a position of power, whether it's professional athletes, um, celebrities, or whatever, they want a woman who is lighter than a brown paper bag, I take offense with that because I see the um the ethnicities that these men you know whether they are investors or their tax accounts their lawyers their preachers their football players their basketball players whatever i'm intertwined with a lot of them and that's absolutely not true one of the things that i hate is how the media social media and so many other outlets perpetuate their stories and their narratives and then you have weak-minded people who actually believe Oh, well, so-and-so said all men are dogs and they surveyed a hundred women. You didn't survey me. So you don't have, you don't, you didn't factor me into that. All, all women are crazy. Who did you survey? All men, you know, they go with someone or they, they get somebody who's lighter than a, a brown paper bag. Absolutely not true. So to me, all of those things are very, very controversial. And if you absorb what the media says, You'll be crazy as a person who actually was in with the celebrity life. Like the stuff that I heard about us, the stuff that I heard about my husband. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the things are true. I'll tell you if it's true. If you ask me, I have no shame in my game and no remorse because all of this, you know, is a part of my journey and a part of my path. We, we were not perfect people. We're not perfect people. However, the stuff that you hear in the media, I'm telling you now, I don't care. And I'm probably going to step on some toes out there in the land CNN, Fox, all of it sucks. What you need to do is you need to strengthen your mind and you need to start thinking for yourself. And the other piece is that if there's something that you're so diehard about and it kind of, you know, jolts your spirit, you got to got to really ask yourself why, you know, like, why do I really believe all men are dogs? All women are crazy. All men go after brown or, or women you know, maybe they get in a position of power and then they, you know, they switch ethnicities as well. I just firmly believe in you love who you love. Um, you align with who whoever you want to align with. And no one should be judged because of it, period. So those are just a few controversial. Hey, y'all want to talk offline after this or <laughs> later on? Y'all call me up. I got a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I want DC before you go to the next panelist. I actually want to push back a little bit on. Um, oh, Angela. God. Dope points you made, a lot of dope points, but I, I will have to disagree with with one thing. Um, if you say I women, agree. go ahead. No, I was about to say because if you say that crazy woman one, 
There's no reason to disagree on that because we all know that's that's definitely not true. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. All women are crazy. Uh, I'm <laughs> Look, I will say this. So though. this will be the last time we have Ari here, y'all. Y'all, say, Listen, uh, I'm going Ari. out with draws on fire. If this is gonna be my last time, okay, we burn it all down. No, hey, seriously. Hey, 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 now, brother, you burn your things down. Uh, I like what I have over here. It's nice stuff. I got my finger on the button. It's too late. My finger's already on the button. This is the last. Look, so a couple of different things can be true. I have this conversation with my friends a lot, man. Um, I think you should love who you want to love, right? Um, Whether that person is of a different race, a different religion, different ethnicity, what have you. Love who you love. But this is the thing. Two things can also be true at the same time. While it's fine, love who you want to love. The best thing for the black community is for black people to marry other black people. Point blank. And the reason, reason this is the reason. Marriage is not just about love. It is chiefly about love, but it's also about finances. It's about group, group ep- economics. And it ties back to what we were talking about earlier, um, leaving a legacy, you know, generational wealth. Part of the reason why black people aren't as further along as we could be is because our bank accounts ain't matching what certain other groups' bank accounts is, right? Uh, one way to change that is us. Zeros, though. One, I way, mentality. one way yeah. to change that is us is us coming together, appreciating ourselves, loving ourselves, and keeping the money within our community. Well, how do you keep the money in your community? If as soon as you get uh, to a certain level of status or whatever, you want to go and run to another race. You know what I'm saying? It, you, you can't do that. So I agree with you in that most black people, regardless of how successful they are, end up marrying other black people. Most of it. However, black men and black women to a certain degree do tend to um, date outside the race. You see it a lot when people reach a certain level of success and a certain level in, of having money in their bank account, it doesn't always, it's not as a whole, you know, but it's a, it happens enough to where it is an issue. Mm-hmm. It, it happens right. enough to where it is an issue. So this right, is the same that- way, well, well, <laughs> one, moment, one moment, sister, the same way you could say that most black men aren't in prison. Most black men are not in prison. But it's enough of them in there that we know the prison industrial complex and the way that black people are policed in this country is an issue. And it's the same thing with interracial marriage. It's an issue, even though most black people are going to end up marrying black people. All right, Dr. Umar. I'm going to get you. Well, I agree from the standpoint of... um, you know, the love, but it's all about alignment. You know, like I didn't fall for my ex-husband just to give you a little bit of background. I met him when we were in high school. I wasn't a lat, we call them latch keys I, I, or a latch on. I wasn't a latch on after he reached a certain amount of stardom and fame. I met him in high school when he drove a 1978 Grand Prix that leaked rain on me. So like my eyes were not you know, hey, I'm going to marry this man and he's going to go to the NFL and we're going to have X, Y, Z. It's all about alignment. I had whatever he was looking for and he had at the time, whatever I was looking for. So I think that, you know, people to, to me, 
people speak about love as if it's this all encompassed, you know, it's got to be blissful and has to be this, you know, this match, um, and which it does to a certain extent, but I think alignment because now, like the person that I date now, I'm with him because we're aligned mentally, physically, spiritually, socially, financially, uh, culturally, biblically, every way possible. Like we have those conversations um, just to make sure that, yeah, you know, we're still going to argue and we're still going to uh, have discord and, and disagreements. But I'm a firm believer in not being unequally yoked. And that's in everything. That's partnerships, relationships, um, friendships and kinships. There are even some family members that I will admit that I have, I'm, hey, how you doing? But as it as it relates to giving them my time and my energy and access to me, I don't do it because we're not aligned. And I'm just not going to have that friction and that chaotic energy in my life. I don't have to do that. It's a choice. Just like it's a choice, you know, if they want me and their energy. But I think relationships is all about alignment. So, I mean, you know, I've heard that before as far as people think, um, you know, to go to, to the next point as far as like the black community, um, you know, the bank accounts are different. Well, the mindset is different. So, of course, if you have a poverty mindset, you're going to have poverty. <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. And, and, and I mean, for the ones that I know that I have, I'm not going to really say disconnected myself from because anytime people try to link with me to you know because they want to know what i know and how i've acquired what i've acquired aside from my ex because what i've built for the last seven years has nothing to do with my ex-husband's money has nothing to do with his you know the football or anything it's all me working from ground zero and building you know building it up and i'll do that but what i hate is when a person you know is trying to get information from you I'm the expert, supposedly, because I've done this or that. And, and you, you know, you're saying you want to know what I know, but then you don't want to do what I've done. You know, that's one of the things that I admire about Denzel Washington and so many others when they talk about if you want to do what I've done, you know, or, or you want certain results, you have to link arms and you have to latch on to those that are going where you want to go. And sometimes, you know, that's not your cousin, or it's not, you know, your homegirl that may be in your community or in your family or whatever. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that I'm at a disadvantage because I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Matter of fact, I talk about in my book how I didn't even realize that we, that living with my grandparents, I was actually in poverty, but because I didn't miss a meal, no lights were turned off. I had clothes. I had, you know, love in the household um, that I grew up in. I had no clue. So I didn't come from wealth. I didn't come from, you know, this baseline of, of money and whatever. And, and I'm not there now. Like I have to work for what I have, but I'm smart enough to know that my mentality, like one of the other ladies touched on very early in the interview where she said, we got to change our mindset about wealth and about money. Whoever that person is, you got to change your mindset about wealth and about money. That's how I see it. So if there's this, you know, off balance with bank accounts, eh, probably need to check, um, check your mentality about it. I just want to add this as well. Uh, like my girl Tina Turner say, what love got to do with it? Um, I think there's this misconception that um, just marrying in black is the way that we come up. 
Um, no, it's not. The way that was Dr. Umar Johnson to cut off that time. A trillion dollars that is going around, and we will go give our money to other companies. We'll pay other luxury companies money, but we won't pay it to the next person that's next to us making those luxury items. That has nothing to do with marriage. Unity, we come together as a people, us buying black, us, you know, taking our communities, you know, us building schools in our communities and hospitals, um, even in our field of content creation, virtual assistants, um, loan signing agents, all of those type of jobs, you don't really hear, you know, us doing, but those are the type of jobs that we need to be in because those are the type of jobs that our people need to see us in, right? When we are signing those loan documents to make sure that we're not getting ripped off. I mean, there are so many other things, but I don't think that it has to do because I married Joe Blow Schmo over here. Now, my husband is black and I love him to death, you know, and I, I love black love, but I don't think that because other people marry um, outside of the race, that that is what brings our community down. It's not. What brings our community down is your lack of knowledge of financial literacy that you selling off grandma's house that she yep. just gave to you. Um, and that she passed down, that she had to work cleaning other people's houses to pay for, and you sold it just so that you can make a buck. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's things like that. Or you want to invest well, it, in those sport and shoes and everything else, but you don't want to invest in anything that's going to give you any type of residual income. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's just we could talk about this topic and this subject for days upon days upon days. I'm sure everybody has, you know, their own um, ideas about it. But I, I just I really feel like when you're talking about a poverty mindset and I'm not talking about all across the board, but from what I've seen, where I see where people put their money, they actually shouldn't. Mm. <laughs> and so they're broke. You know, because it's like you don't have a life insurance policy, but little Pookie and little Ray Ray and little Jonathan got the latest Jordans and the latest KDs and whatever else on. But then, you know, when somebody dies, you're doing GoFundMe, PayPal me for funeral expenses and stuff like that. Right. I, I can't I, I don't want to botch up Jay-Z's <laughs> lyrics, but he says something about forget living rich to die poor or something like that. At some point, enough is enough. Like you really have to put things into perspective. And for me, a lot of, and I'm not going to even say that the balance teeters because I have friends and I have associates and I have clients and connections and networks of all ethnicities. And it's all about here. It's all about, you know, how, um, how rich they are mentally with where they, you know, with where they want to be. I'm not going to say my black friends are worse than my white friends or my, my white friends are worse than my, nope. Cause I mean, I know some, they, I mean, it's, it's all about how they think up here. It's all about the knowledge and the applied knowledge. Yes. Not only a poverty. Is, but, uh, oh, I, can I, I just, just say this, this one thing real yeah. quick, Sharika, just to, to, to piggyback on what you were saying, you're correct. It's not um, black people marrying other black people. It's not what's going to fix the black community in and of itself. But that is one of the like maybe 10 or 15 things that will improve us. Think about what you said. 
spending black, right? Going to that that place that's right next to you that you know is black owned and patron their business. Well, that's group economics. Where's the first time you see group economics? You see it at home. My wife and myself had done more together than we ever did apart. Uh, we actually have a few investment properties. So there, there's been things that we've been able to do corporately that we wouldn't have been able to do individually. So you're talking about now money funneling back through the black community, funneling through the black family. And, and to be honest, it's not even anything different that, that Jewish people are not doing or Asian people or Italian people are doing. They do the same thing. It's just we talk about it, you hear about it more, but it's, it's no different than any other group. So it, it's that that we sit together. Again, love who you're going to love. I'm never going to down somebody because they, you know, you love somebody of another race. Do what you're going to do. But again, two things can be true. It's best for the black community, for black people to stay with black and keep the money within our community. But also you can love for you who you want to love on the on the individual level. You know what I'm saying? So both of those well, things are true. Well, Ari, it's hard to keep anything because every time we get a place where, you know, we don't build it up to be, somebody has to come tear. I don't know what happened. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I hate it here. Go ahead. Be more. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I was going to say, um, I, I agree with Angela. I feel like it's a mindset thing. Um, cause I kind of grew up the same way. Um, not really having, having much at one point in time. Um, and so I, I think me personally, like materialistic things don't mean a thing to me. Like I don't have to have those things and I'm just like, I can spend my money on something you know, more important. And I feel like too, it's a mindset thing because people are so wrapped up in what, you know, influencers are doing and celebrities are doing. And so they feel like they want to be able to match that same lifestyle, but these same people, you know, those, you know, people who don't have money like that, they're spending their money on like what crab legs and, you know, a thousand dollar trips, you know, but all that money, like she said, you know, all that money could have went into you investing into something more important that can be, you know, so then you have a, a consistent income coming in and you can, you know, eventually, eventually level up to, you know, uh, influencers life or a celebrity's life, you know, um, and that's what type of mindset I'm in now. I'm just like, well, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get up out of here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'm good where I am now, but I do want to have more. Um, I definitely want to have property. I definitely want to have, you know, a, another car, you know, and definitely have some way for more money to come in. And so that I can do, cause you know what I told you, I said, I want to be somewhere on the beach. You know, that's where I want to be. So I'm just like, I can't do that unless I work and I create, you know, you know, steady income, you know, I'll never get there unless uh, until, until I start, you know, working and really investing in, in myself and investing in, in my life. Mm. Well, you know, one thing that you said be more as far as like what the celebrities have and the influencers and, and social media top dogs and gurus and stuff. Um, and I'm sure you guys know this already. You get that stuff for free, but, but the people on, on middle class and lower class, they're paying for it. You know, right. like they're, they're, they're exactly robbing from the babies or from exactly. the household or whatever to pay, you know, to, to wear or to go or to drink or to do whatever that these celebrities are 
you know, are getting for free. And the last thing and I you just know what, and, and guess what? They still got to work to get to, to be able to get those things. You have to work and people don't get the, they don't see that part. They see the, you know, the lavish yeah. part and they get to see, you know, this, the, the, side of things they don't see the stuff that has off, off the camera you know they don't get to see everything they have to do to get to that point yeah that is true and um last thing i want to want to add is um i know you know we talk a lot about buying black black owned black owned i mean i've seen that so much especially during you know covid the pandemic you know black owned black owned people feel the need to to put that out there i'm gonna buy where the quality is i mean that's just how i am i'm sorry I've, I've dealt with people from, again, all walks of life. And I mean, if you don't have good customer service, you know, your products are trash, your, you know, just your interaction with your um, what you're trying to sell me or what the service that I'm trying to, to get from you. I, I don't care what you are. I'm just I'm going to spend my money where I know my money is going to you know, one, be appreciated, but two, I'm getting the quality items that I want. And that ranges from, from different things, a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of things. Now, with that being said, I will say what I have started doing is I've started being more conscious of these bigger corporations. Like I've started researching where their money funnels to. So if I'm purchasing something from them and they're funding a group that is against me, they don't get my money, you know? And, and what I've done is, I mean, I've packed up a bunch of stuff and just taken it to Goodwill. Like I will not wear it. I will not promote it on my body um, or, you know, purchasing different things, but I don't just buy something just because, you know, it's black, it's black owned. I mean, I, I, I just, I think that on one hand, people are saying, you know, racism, and segregation and you know all this other kind of stuff but then on the other hand you're throwing out black on black on black on black on black on and don't get me wrong now because i want to support whomever whomever is trying to make a living and trying to make a life for their dream and their purpose and that's what i'm gonna do but i you know i don't see um you know a particular restaurant or a hotel or whatever just because you know i'm not just gonna just make all of my plans around something that's black owned. I I was going to say, I agree with that. Cause I feel like people really depend on credibility, someone's credibility and, you know, knowing that, you know, like all these night brands, you know, you know, for sure that you're going to get what you, what you asked for and what you ordered, you know, you're going to get your money's worth. And I think it's kind of harder to, to trust someone that, you know, just got their business started, you know, and aren't as, as known, you know, as these name brand things. So I feel like it's just harder to trust. And you're like, well, I don't know if, you know, like you said, like the customer service, you never know what type of customer service you're going to get. You know, you never know how long something's going to take for you to, you know, how long it's going to take for you to get whatever you ordered. You know, is it going to look the way that you wanted it to look? You know, is the person going to give you a refund if you want a refund? Because there's certain places that don't do refunds. It's certain places that aren't, don't care about, you know, as long as they get their money, they don't care you know, about you and care about, you know, your, whatever you ordered, you know, and I think that's why a lot of people are, you know, they just stick with what's safe and not, you know, going outside of the box and, and trying new places and trying black owned because of, 
you know, certain, because it's, a lot of times I think it's just like that one time, you know, you had a bad experience with a, you know, a black owned business. And then now you're just like, oh, no, nah, well, I'm just going to stick with what I know. I'm going to stick with the safe option. Well, even just to add on to what Angela said, even when you having, you know, those people that come in, these luxury brands, we as black people are forgiving um, to some of these brands who are funneling money to the prison system, um, who are definitely doing, you know, blackface. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's, that was... that's okay. I'm just saying that. They, they are. It's the, it's the truth, though. It's the truth. They, they, they're yeah. doing it, and then it's just like, oh, well, I still want to be in Gucci. I still want to do this. And it's just like, wow, mm-hmm. that's that's where we are as a people, you know. And so I think mm-hmm. it it has to be a balance on how we support our community, mm-hmm. but it's got to be quality over quantity. Right. Absolutely. I just want to say, um, speaking to what you guys are talking about. I didn't get my first robe till I was about twenty, like like a couple weeks ago. Um, this is because I want to say this because this has nothing to do with anything. I just need to state this. Um, the quality of things that when you don't know uh, growing up, you don't realize some of the luxuries like having a robe or you know just being able to do the things that you see other people do. Yeah, because I grew up in Akron, Ohio, um, not the greatest place. Um, love it. But there's there's things looking outside the world that you'd be like, man, I didn't know these things existed. Um, to still hear these stories and to hear where you guys come from and where you guys are going is important because every walk of life makes a difference. Um, I know so many people are going to be able to hear this and learn and think about what you guys are saying and really take it to heart because there were really valid points on all sides that are being made um, so much that I kind of want to do this again one day uh, with these, this same panel, just because just the conversation here has been, um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to do so many things. Okay. There I am. Uh, the conversation here has been so great. Um, RA, you, you're, you're an amazing moderator, brother. Um, I'll Thank say you, that sir. first. I'm not going to give you a clap. You don't deserve that yet. You haven't earned it. Um, um, Pavlov's dog says you have the condition. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> but no, man, you are, you are, you are great. Um, great choice. Um, I kind of, like I said, this, this series is near and dear to my heart because it's not a regular episode. Um, it's not the norm um, for the brand, but it's something I felt was important. Um, just the same to have a panel of people from different walks of life with different point of views, be able to come together. And like you guys have done, there's not been any, you know, name calling mud slinging any negativity. It's all been positive. It's all been, um, productive. Um, and I just want to thank you all. Um, I'm getting emotional here. Um, it's okay, brother. You got it. It's, it's emotional. It's, it's okay. I know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm very in tune with who I am. Uh, I'm a Sagittarius, so I walk both sides of that uh, emotion. It's just more on the who scoffed it. What the fuck? Is there Sagittarius slander Scorpio. in the room? 
Anywho, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> He's a troublemaker, man. You gotta watch that one. I know it's cool, but um, you ladies have been awesome. Um, beyond my wildest imagination of this coming together, like you have a plan, um, and you have a vision, and sometimes that vision is just a home run. It's a, uh, it's amazing. It's first of all, get yourselves a hand because you guys are wonderful, talented, successful ladies um, who are just, I consider now, um, because, and here's the funny thing about this, I've never met anybody until today. So I have this thing where I don't have any preconceived notions. I don't go into anything with a a feeling or thought like, oh, they're gonna, it's going to be horrible or anything like that. Uh, with R.A., I do, but it's a different story. He deserves it. Um, you sum him up. It's funny because it's true. Um, <laughs> but, oh, he left. Okay. Um, no. Um, but, no, no. Sorry. Um, but you guys are pillars to me. Um, when I, I don't want to say chose because that just sounds like, not the perfect word. When I approached you guys to do this, I felt a calling that this would be amazing. Um, the stories, the the openness, the realness is part of the reason why this works. It doesn't work if you're not honest with yourself first because people will realize that. Um I told y'all I suck at giving speeches. Um, but you guys are amazing. Uh, you guys are truly amazing at what you guys do in conveying who you are. Um, and not many people can do that without feeling vulnerable um, or without feeling drained. Um, you guys are bubbly. You guys are, are amazing. Like, I can't say that enough. Um, so I, I just, I'm going to keep heaping these praises. Even after this, when I email you guys or, 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 or interact with you guys, I'm going to tell you again, one, thank you. And two, don't ever change. Because who you guys are is, is awesome. Um, I kind of want to close out just because... I want to leave it where it's at. It is has to be done again this same way. I don't know if Ari is going to be here because he's yeah he's on the fence. He's <laughs> no, we want him. Bring him back. Want Ari. He got to come back. Oh, okay, okay, all right, never back. mind. Okay, all right. Hey, the people have spoken. I am a man of the people. If one thing I am not. Is going against the grain. So RA, the ladies are saved. You you better thank them right now. Thank the ladies, RA. There we go. What? I think that's his thank <laughs> Very regal, but okay. Whatever. Um, but no. Um, RA, you were amazing. Um and I'm not one to not tell you, man, thank you. Um, brother, you were amazing. Love what you did today. Um, the ladies love you. Um, and, and what you did. So they actually want you back. So you, you, you got saved. You were, you were right there next to Keenan. Appreciate um, you. Appreciate you. Um, good burger. You was on the chopping block, but 
you got saved. So you live for another day. Um, <laughs> but no, um, it's all about, for me, um, Megan, again, it's not about me, but to, to, to really um, be open. I started this show two years ago, and it was just really just to prove that I could do it. And it's kind of evolved to a point to where now I'm doing things that I wouldn't have thought I was going to do in two years, um, at least doing this. Um, and being in the position I am in and not knowing what to do with the only thing I know how to do is one, work, and two, um, share it with great people um, to give them a chance to speak freely and to be themselves because that's really what it's all about. Um just being able to have a place where there the, the the conversation is not being swayed to fit a narrative or to um push my agenda because it's, it's not my place um i like i said i wanted you guys to be able to speak freely tell your story and be yourselves and i think we accomplished that tonight um again if we win an emmy for this it's y'all's not mine um I'll keep it at my house because it's kind of like all of ours, but in reality, it's you guys. Um, it's people like you, it's it's ladies like you and and the guys who come on here that make this show what it is, um, and makes it special and makes it something worth having. Um, I'm gonna shut up now because I want you guys to tell people where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, and um. Any last words of encouragement or just anything for the people before we get out of here tonight? Uh, we'll start with Miss B. Moore. You're muted. I'm muted. Sorry, I keep forgetting. It's okay, right. um, you can find me on Facebook, and I was gonna say some advice is open your mind up. Um, stop being so narrow minded. <laughs> open, open your mind up to new ideas and new things, and definitely change your mindset and change the way that you like. We've been talking about change the way you think about money, and the the, the way you think about wealth. And yeah. Oh, it's on me. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so I, I like the conversation. Um, some advice I have, uh, just you know, hearing the stories from the ladies and uh, talking about how they've been through past trauma, but yet did not allow that to define them. And I, I think that's good advice, not allowing what you've been through to define where you're going. So and, I'll... Sorry, I didn't mean you were going... I'm yeah. a little anxious. I'm I'm Jack. I get excited in these moments because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram um, at the Mindfulness Space Therapy NC, and my website is the Mindfulness Space Therapy .com. I'm also on Facebook, which is um, the same handle, the Mindfulness Space Therapy, and um, yep, TikTok. So. Yeah. 
First, I want to say thank you so much for putting this together. I learned a lot, which is what I set out to do every single day. I don't know what happened to Andrew. Um, oh, but what she, we, what, we lost oh. her. Okay. Yeah, but what she said earlier when she said she's a forever student, I think that's something that we all should strive for. Um, you know, I think that, that growth and evolution is one of the things that will definitely get each of us to the place, uh, whatever, wherever that is and, and whatever that is in, in life. I want to leave you with each one of you with two things that has helped me in my journey. The first one is when you define yourself, other people can't confine you. The second one is <laughs> success is a dish served only to the bowl. So live vicariously through yourself. I'm on every social media platform known to man for those that are Googlers. If you just Google Angela Marshall, you could do the story in life of an ex NFL wife, or you could do Angela Marshall, Augusta, Georgia. Um, I, you know, quite a few of my links and my website um, should pop up. And again, thank you so much. This platform is, is amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to connecting and um, just definitely linking with you ladies. I don't believe in, fostering links that are one and done so prayerfully i will get to link further with with all of you at at some point and i think we've already started that alignment so i'm very humble and i'm very grateful thank you thank you so much everybody darius thank you for giving me for inviting me to do this with everyone that you have on this platform. This was so great. Um, I don't know what happened to Andrew, but like, like we said, um, uh, let's stay connected. Um, I, I definitely want to stay connected with all of you. Um, I, I could be found on, uh, I have my TEDx talk out there, uh, but my website is ososafe.com. Uh, I am on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, TikTok I'm working on and Instagram. Uh, and I want to leave you with, you have the right to be safe in your own home. Uh, just because you are a parent, it doesn't give you the right to abuse your kid. Uh, and that, uh, that we have to know what it's, what it feels like and what it means to be in a good relationship. I think that's really important for all of us, you know, um, to practice safety, to practice uh, uh, positivity, empowerment, encouragement, which I think we all did in, in this whole uh, um, time span that we spent together. So um, thank you so much. I, I want to stay connected, really. Well, man, you know, I just want to say when you first put this out, I don't even think that I even imagined it to be this amazing panel. I just know I was just like, oh, DC, can I can I come on? And you said, absolutely. And you tagged me in and that was that. And so I, I'm just like humble and grateful um, for the opportunity to just be on a panel with phenomenal women, you know, um, that can hold their own. Um, a bit of advice that I will give is just a couple of things. Um, I have it right here on my vision board. I kept looking back. Um, and it's it says, let me not grow weary in doing good, for in due season I shall reap. 
And that's for somebody who feels like they're working towards something, they're toiling, and they feel like, man, they don't know if they're doing it in vain. Baby, in due season, you shall reap. Harvest time must come. So continue to sow and sow and sow. And when it's harvest time, believe me, you shall be blessed. Um, we talk about so often about hustle, hustle, hustle. It has to be a balance in that. And I always like to end my show like this. It's two things that they can't knock. And that's God's grace and your hustle. Be blessed. Um, I can be reached um, on Instagram, Facebook. Follow me at Eat, Laugh, Hustle. Um, you want to be a guest, drop in there, click the link. Or you just want to say hi, sneak in. I'm always in my stories. Um, but that's it. Be blessed. Uh, before I let Ari go, I'm going to do this again because it's well-deserved. Um, all right, don't speak yet. Hold up. Don't, don't ruin the moment. Um, sorry. Sorry, brother. You know, I got to. Um, <laughs> it's because I love you, man. Um, Collides for me. I know. But you believed it for a second. Anywho. Um, I, I felt good about myself for a minute. Like 2.5 yeah. seconds. I know you was like, he loves me. And then it was like, it, the truth set in. But anywho, um, I love what I'm seeing. Um, I don't ever be like, oh, I plan for everybody to start connecting when they get done. But when it happens, it's beautiful. Because I'm big on the networking aspect and collaboration because um. Like I said, when I started this show, it was because I was told I couldn't. And now that I can and I do, I believe there's room for everybody to not only work together and grow together, but eat and foster and build something that, like Rika just said, can't be denied. Um, because it's bigger than what you think it is when you have the right team behind you and the right people in your corner there's people who I've met that has taken me places that I couldn't have went um, on my own. I tell people all the time, I live in Ohio. I haven't left my home during the two years of doing this show. I've done one live show at a place, and that was just Friday, one live event. And I've met so many dope people sitting in this basement doing this show. So many dope people all over the world in so many different places that I've probably would have never met had not not gotten out of my own way and matured and grown into a better host and a better man and not be petty and not think about the people who doubted me doing this, but thinking about the people who know that I can. And it's those people that I want to thank who believed in me and who saw something that I didn't see in me being able to do this because it was some straight um, trash when this show first started. We was talking about any and everything and anybody. And we've been able to grow. Um, but I've saved my spiel because I won't, Ari is looking very anxious and he wants to talk after I shut him up. So, Ari, go ahead for it. It's, go ahead. You can speak now. Yo, um, you can follow... <laughs> DC is funny. You can follow me at Ari King on TikTok and also Instagram. Um, also, Geek Salad at Geek Salad Now on TikTok and Instagram as well. Some advice. Um, I mean, y'all probably already know this. Never, you should never trust somebody who wears black Air Force Ones. Like, <laughs> just 
as a general rule of thumb, like never what? take somebody <laughs> that wear. Because I mean, they, why? They will smile on your face. Gonna, I thought it was gonna be something real motivational. I thought it was gonna be like you never so profound. It's called comedic timing. Okay, I set you up, and then I. You know, <laughs> but no, seriously though. Seriously, everybody wants to focus on what you have, you know, how much money you got, how many cars you got, um, how many properties you own. You know what I'm saying? How many fancy belts you got? <laughs> Don't focus on the what. Find what your why is, because your why is going to carry you on those days where you just don't feel like creating anything, where you don't feel like running a business you don't feel like being an entrepreneur or just whatever it is dope because y'all do it like a lot of different things you know what i'm saying the people watching i'm sure you have you know hopes and dreams aspirations things of that nature you're going to have days where you're less motivated than other days and that's where you depend on your why if you don't know what your why is find out what your why is and it will carry you creatively through the rest of your life now that was the profound that was the profound thing that wasn't oh hell good. no <laughs> um i gotta follow that that's why i did that because i gotta follow that um i cannot say enough how one proud i am um to have had you guys on this show today and how blessed i am to know that I can reach out to you guys and we can do this again um, for just coming on the show for interviews, doing another panel like this. It warms my heart um, to use an old Southern term. Um, so I got a bit of housekeeping. Um, I don't really like doing this, but I have to. Um, recently, this show was um, ranked number three in entertainment news out of 100. To me, that is big. Um, I like to celebrate the small stuff because, again, two years ago, I wasn't supposed to be here. Um, I tell people I'm playing with house money. I'm just enjoying what I do. Um, like Angela said, I get to talk mess. I get to talk a whole bunch of mess and enjoy it and just be honest and be real. And uh, whether people hate me or like me for it, I don't care. Uh, you can turn it off at any time, but if you stay... You're going to get realness. Um, I tell people the same thing. You're going to get the same show, whether it's one person watching or a million, um, because I believe in giving the best show every time um, because it's important. Um, Ari, you just said it like them days when you're down. Um, I've been down in this game. Um, I felt like quitting this show, other shows that I was on. Because I felt like I lose sleep, I sacrifice, and I didn't see it. But I was looking at it wrong. I was looking at, as you just said, what I didn't have and not what I had. Um, I've been blessed to do this. Um, this is episode 75, I believe. Um, season six. I'm on my sixth season. Um, two years. And I have people coming to me asking me for advice on podcasting. Phenomenal. Um if you would have told me that when I started, I would have told you you were lying and you need to get your head checked just because I didn't know. Well, I wouldn't say the power I have, but the ability that I have to do this. Um, like I said, a lot of people saw stuff in me. I wanted to stay in the background and just kind of be in the shadows and just run the show and, you know, host my own show. But at the same time, make it not about me, but I was pushed 
into a position that I'm starting to be comfortable with. And that's out front being the leader that I guess I'm supposed to be or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I say that to say all this, it's nothing I'm doing is not attainable for any other podcaster. So if you believe that you can do it, you can do it. Um, only thing I do is wear a hood and talk mess. Like I'm not doing nothing special. I'm not doing nothing. Nobody else in this game can do, but I can tell you one thing that I do do that. I know a lot of people aren't doing. I don't go to bed till one in the morning. I wake up around four in the morning, sometimes three. I don't sleep. I eat, sleep and live the brand that you guys see in front of you. I'm dedicated to making it work. No matter what happens around me, this is what I do. Um, this is what I've become. This is who I am. And it's to thanks to people like you guys for giving me that, to have the trust in me to, uh, come on as somebody said something. I don't know about that. Uh, scale that back. Uh, uh, okay. Sometimes uh, I could be an asshole, but you know, it's all love. Um, but I'm real with who I am and I've accepted that. Um, I am who I am. Um, and I'm I trying to... Hey man, nobody asked you. No, nah, I was. It was a movie that was on. It was the you know meet the Falkers and the baby. I wasn't. Yeah. That wasn't hey. directed. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Shut up. Uh, any, anywho, um, I really appreciate you guys. Um, I can talk forever, um, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm not going to tell my little sad story. Um, but like I said, I honestly appreciate it. I appreciate the people who watch. I appreciate the people who listen, who make this show what it is. Um, I stole this line from Jay Moore, but it was so beautiful. I have to say it. It's not me. It's we, um, I am nothing without the people who, um, give their time, who come on this show and allow me to sometimes grill them and ask them questions and, be a part of the show. Um, nothing without the people who support and follow and share and like, and just listen. Um, it makes me proud. Um, cause like I said, this show wasn't supposed to be, it wasn't supposed to be growing like it is. Um, having dope people like you guys on, um, me meeting you guys wasn't supposed to happen. Um, none of this was supposed to happen. It was just supposed to be a show that comes on on Sunday. Then people listen and maybe watch for like two seconds and turn it off and go do something else. But it has grown into something that I am truly um, at a loss for words at for sometimes, you know, um, that people actually want to come on this show now is amazing. Because I will tell you, this first season we I had we had I couldn't buy a guest like I couldn't get people to come on to save my life. Um, I couldn't get somebody like even if I was like, hey man, I got five dollars, just you know, give me five seconds. It was just like, nah, I'm cool, G. Uh, I'm gonna go watch my cat uh, cough up a hairball. Like that just sounds so much better. Um, but it was the perseverance of my personality. Um, that wouldn't let me quit. No matter how many times I said I was going to quit, I never quit. I'm addicted to doing this. Um, I 
am addicted to the high of talking to people and getting the energy and feeling the honest um, respect that they have. Except for Ari, I know it's kind of fake. It's manufactured. He just do it because he feels like he has to. You gonna have to see me when I come to Cleveland, bro. I'm just saying. You gonna have to. You gonna have to. See I me. will take you out for a nice steak, sir. Don't you ever. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man. Um, honestly, I would be nothing without the people who support this, um, and the people who do this. Um, shout out to my guys, Chris and Courtney. Um. It's just, I don't know, man. Um, I, again, I want to thank you guys for coming on. I appreciate your time, your stories, your wisdom. Um, and if nobody else tells you this, you will always have a home here on What The Shit. Um, always welcome. Um, all right. The ladies want you back, so I'm going to give you that. Um I can do without you, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Lies. You're like a younger brother I always want to not have. But anywho, um you guys are amazing. Um the work that you guys do is dope. Um the presence that you guys have inspires me. Um just watching you guys and just looking at what you guys do leading up to this show, it's amazing. Um and somehow I put a smiley face up. Somebody has hacked my account. Oh, we've been hacked. Oh, Jesus, no. <laughs> uh, I never wanted to be big enough to where I got hacked, but there I am. Um, but you guys are amazing. Um, to the people who are watching, thank you. Um, if you don't have your hands on your keyboard, please give these ladies a round of applause. Um, they are so dope. And again, I cannot thank you guys enough for being here. Um, if you guys need anything, please do not hesitate. I don't sleep, so I literally have nothing to do at night. So I'm literally just waiting on stuff to do. So, you know, is that. Um, um, again, I can go on and on because I enjoy doing this, but I'm not going to. Um, but definitely love having you guys on. Definitely love connecting. And hearing you guys, again, I'm never not available for anybody. Um, and I'm always here. The door is always open. You guys, like I said, have a home here. You guys are special. You guys are important to me. And I want to see everybody win because. Okay, I was, I was, I, I'm so not used to it. I'm telling you, the Apollo man about to come out in a minute. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm. I'm trying to. DC. He said it eight times. He's about to come right. out. You guys are amazing again. <laughs> I'm just letting you know what's about to happen. <laughs> just. I just wanted to make it clear. So when it happens, I got one more. I got. I got. Okay. 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 I got one more. Where the game at? Get the camera. Wrap that up, B. This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. About to play your Oscar music. Um, about to smack Ari. Um, but anywho, um, again, you guys have a home. I will always promote what you guys got going on. Inbox me if you need anything. Always available. The door is always open. Thank you. Good night. Love you guys. Thank you for coming. Uh, to the people who watch, this show will be live on Apple's Radio. 
Um, I got to thank our sponsors there, Opposites Radio, um, WMIC, and Ford Media TV Hub. We are also a uh, brand ambassador for React Activewear. If you use the code WTS, you guys can get 10% off. I wish it was more, but I'm just starting out. Um, but thank you to those guys. Thank you to you guys, and appreciate it. Good night. You've been listening to What the Shit, a product of Black Legacy Productions and WMIC Media.